the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. Today I'm going to speak to you on what I entitled 10, 10 Things to Know About Demons. I told you it's going to be an exciting one. <laughs> Hallelujah. 10 things you need to know about demons or unclean spirits. 10 things. I want to say 10 things. You want to take notes, you can. Mark chapter 5 verse 1, it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Everyone say unclean spirit. Unclean spirit. That is so very important because I will show you that one of the things you must understand about demons is that they are unclean. In actual fact, that is the nature of demons. I want to say that's their nature. Their nature, their nature is unclean. See, nature, actually the word natural comes from the word nature. Is that correct? When you say you are a certain way naturally, you are saying that to imply that is your nature. Correct? It comes naturally. Uncleanness comes naturally with evil spirits. That is their nature. Are you listening to me? So the Bible says that out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Verse number three says, who had his dwelling among the tombs? And no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. This man has obviously lost his mind. Nobody cuts themselves. Nobody cut themselves. Correct? You cannot be in your right mind and cut yourself. Something has gone wrong for you to cut yourself. Are you listening now? Yeah. This man was crying out and he was cutting himself with stones. Or we can also say he was cutting himself with sharp objects. Correct? Cut himself. And just imagine blood flowing all over the man's body. Nobody does that to themselves. Something had taken over this man. And this thing that has taken over this man is not a good thing. Demons are not good. I said demons are not good. Yes. Are you listening to me? Yes. They are not good. <laughs> Verse number 6. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. You know what that tells me? Even one who is demon possessed. It's not always under the influence of the demon. If you understand what I'm saying. There are times where he's, he's able to remember some things. There are times where he's able to make some decisions. 
I heard the story of a woman who kept telling a demon, no, I'm not going to do it. The demon kept saying, you've got it. He said, no, I'm not. She said, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because the demon does not always control you. You see, that's the grace of God. Even those that are demon-possessed, there are times in their lives when they make choices. Even those that are crazy, I mean, sometimes people see people that have lost their minds on the streets and they think it's just a mental thing. To be honest with you, so many times it's a demonic thing. But you see, they know that they shouldn't be crossing the street when the car is coming. Correct? Even though they are walking along the street naked. But when the car is coming, they know. Why do they not dress themselves up well? Because there is a spirit that is taking over their minds. Correct? But when the car is coming, they don't cross the road. You see, there is a level of grace that is still upon them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? There is a level of grace. I won't say a level of grace. That's still upon them. See, God is merciful. Amen. I said God is merciful. Amen. God will give everyone, no matter how terrible, no matter how bad your situation is, God will give everyone the opportunity Amen. to come back to him. Amen. Everybody. I don't care how bad your situation is. God will give everyone the opportunity. It might be a minute opportunity. It might be 10 seconds opportunity, but God will give everyone the opportunity to recognize his glory, to recognize his mercy, to recognize his grace. It is that window of opportunity that they've got to use. Come on now, say amen. amen. This man here was given a window of opportunity. The Bible says when he saw Jesus, now notice this man had been in the tombs, actually in the cemetery. Is that correct? And he's been there. He's been cutting himself and he's been crying out day and night. The Bible says nobody could tame him. Nobody could chain him. This man was like a wild donkey. But when Jesus showed up, he had a window of opportunity. I want to say window of opportunity. He had a window of opportunity. God will give people a window of opportunity no matter how bad. The situation is. I thought someone would give God some praise in the house this morning. I said no matter how bad the situation is. God will give people a window of opportunity. Praise God. So in verse 6 it says when he saw Jesus from afar. He ran. (laughs) And he worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. (laughs) Then he asked him, What is your name? What is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. My name is Legion, for we are many. This is the boss of the rest. 
See, the boss is the one speaking. Exactly. It's an army. But this is the general. <laughs> this is the commander-in-chief. He was the one responding to Jesus. Notice he, say, my, he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. It did not say our name, as in plural. But it says my name, as in singular. My name is Legion, for we are many. So, this demon was the first guy to step into this house. I don't know if you know that your body is a house. And if you decide to accommodate a legion, a demon, they will freely come. And sit comfortably in your house. And the, the terrible thing about these demons is when they come in, or when a demon comes in, he tries to bring others. He goes about preaching. He goes about evangelizing. And telling other demons that there is, a, there, is a, there is an empty space. Who wants to come on this bus? You look at some people, you can see that they're carrying a lot of passengers. <laughs> My name is Legion. For we are what? Well, you know, the, the word legion, it, it's, it's, a, it's a military term. It's a military term referring to three to 6,000 soldiers. Three to 6,000 soldiers. So this legion, this boss, was basically saying to Jesus, I am the boss. But I've got with me about three to six thousand others here. <coughs> I am the boss, but I've got up to three to six thousand. Just imagine the condition of this man. That is the reason why the man was running crazy. That is the reason why the man was. Cutting himself and, and crying day and night. That's the reason why the man could not. They couldn't tame the man. They couldn't chain the man. Even when they did. The Bible says he broke off the ropes. He broke off the chain. Because he had in one body. Three to six thousand. Unclean spirits. Having fellowship. Can someone say, God help us? Yes. See, if you notice in the Great Commission, the first thing Jesus said we will do is to cast out devils. Mark 16, from verse 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that does not believe shall be damned. Watch this. And these signs shall follow them that believe. What are the signs? In my name they shall cast out devils. Are you seeing that? That's the first thing Jesus said we will do. In my name they shall cast out devils. 
They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. No, serpents there refers to demonic spirits. You remember when Paul came to the island of Malta? Is that correct? The Bible says that he was fetching uh, logs and the Bible says there was this viper that clung to Paul's hand. Is that correct? And what did Paul do? He shook it into the fire. You shall take up snakes. You shall take up snakes. Because you see, these spirits don't like you. And their ultimate purpose is to hurt man. But the Bible says you shall take them and cast them into the fire. That amen is very weak. Amen. You shall take them and cast them into the fire. In Luke 10, 19, the Bible says, Jesus actually said, uh, you shall tread upon snakes and scorpions. And upon all the works of the devil. And none of them shall by any means hurt you. It's time to stop being afraid. I said it's time to stop being afraid. Amen. Your amen is weak in, this house, in the house this morning. Amen. I said it's time to stop being afraid. Amen. Can someone say praise the Lord? Praise Hallelujah. The Lord. Hallelujah. Look at verse 7. And he cried out with a loud voice. What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled. <laughs> <laughs> and they fled. When they saw what had happened, they ran. They took off running. They have never seen anything like this. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. They ran. They ran. Unbelievers will run when they see stuff like this. But a Christian does not run. A Christian is in absolute dominion. I said a Christian is in absolute dominion. Can someone shout praise the Lord? Praise Hallelujah. The Lord. So they ran. And they went into the city. And they went out to see what was that that had happened. Then, verse 15, then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed. And had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. In his right what? In his right mind. And... They were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Now, you don't tell Jesus to leave when he's done something like this. 
What he has done for this one man, he can do to the entire region. Amen. Amen. These men missed their opportunity. They asked him to leave. No, you shouldn't ask him to leave. You should welcome him to your house. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. He says, then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis. Well, Decapolis means a region with 10 cities. That's what the word Decapolis means. It's a region with 10 cities. So basically, this man who has just been delivered, who has just been set free, has become an evangelist. No, don't tell me you are being delivered and you don't preach the gospel. Don't tell me Jesus has done something amazing in your life and you keep it to yourself. Don't tell me you've been set free and you don't set other people free. <laughs> you see, it is what you've got that you give. Yeah. Peter and John said to the man at the gate called beautiful, silver and gold, I don't have, but such that I have, I give unto you. Amen. It is what you have that you will pass on to others. If you have freedom, you will give freedom. Yeah. If you have deliverance, you will give deliverance. If you have joy, you will give joy. You, you can't have joy and give depression. Yes. Neither can you have depression and give joy. You can't give people what you do not have. Are you free? You should be giving freedom to other people. Can someone say praise the Lord? Are you full of joy? You should be passing that on to other people. Have you been delivered? You should be sending deliverance to other people. Amen. Come on now, say praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. It is what God has given to you. That's what you give. Jesus said, freely you have received and freely you must give. What have you received? That's what you give. This man went to a region of ten cities and began to proclaim. Everyone say proclaim. He began to proclaim what Jesus had done. You, you don't need to know the entire Bible to be a preacher. Some people are waiting until they know Genesis to Revelation. And you don't know Genesis to Revelation two months after you become a Christian. But I can tell you, your biggest testimony is not quoting scriptures. Your biggest testimony is what Jesus has done in your life. Amen. I was blind. Now I can see. Amen. I was deaf. Now I can hear. Amen. Come on now say amen. amen. I was dumb. Now I can speak. Who made it so? Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. Amen. He set me free. Hallelujah. I was bound and now I am free. Amen. Can someone shout praise the, Lord? praise the Lord? You see my mother. Like I've told you many times. Was not educated. Did not really go to school. She told us that when she was about to go to school. The teacher died. That's what she told us. That was her excuse. But praise God. That she also said. I didn't go to school. But my children have gone to school for me. 
Are you listening to me? So she couldn't read. She couldn't read. But she brought her best friend to Jesus. By just going to her and saying to her, you know the way I lived my life. But God has changed me. Come on now, can someone say amen? Amen. You see, your best story is what Jesus has done. A lot of people don't have story to tell. They are telling other, other people's story. I want to tell my story. You should be able to tell your story. Amen. See, what Jesus has done for you is your biggest message. Amen. Can someone say praise the, praise the Lord? What has he done for you? Has he set you free? Yes. Has he delivered you? Yes. Has he filled you with hope? Yes. Has he filled you with faith? Yes. Has he filled you with joy? Yes. Has he brought you out? Yes. Has he blessed you? Yes. Has he increased you? Yes. If he has done all of these things in your life, that is your story. Has he healed you? When the devil thought he was going to take you out, Jesus stepped in. And Jesus destroyed the yoke of the devil over your life. And he has set you, set you free. You were blind, now you can see. You were lost, but now you are found. That is your story. Tell your story. Tell your, I love to tell my story. Come on now, say amen. I just led my nephew to Christ on this trip. And I said, I want to take him out, just spend time with him, just me and him. Dad, mom, don't worry, just I'll take him out. We'll just spend time together. He turns 16 in November. And as we were walking along the street, I began to tell him my story. I said, I gave my life to Christ when I was about your age. And I said, let me tell you the story. And I began to tell him my story, just like I've told you guys my story. How for two years I couldn't sleep. After watching a movie... On the lake of fire. I went home that evening. Put my head on my pillow. And I could see hellfire. Every night I put my head on my pillow to sleep. I saw hellfire. And I knew if I went. If I slept. I might not wake up the next day. Now I was just 13 at the time. I knew if I slept. I might not wake up. And I, I knew in my heart of hearts. That if I did not wake up the next morning, I'll find myself in the lake of fire. I knew it. See, I was not this boy who was deceiving myself. I came to terms with the fact that I was not born again. Now watch this. The fact that you are a good boy does not guarantee you a place in heaven. Because I was a good boy. Anyway, I (laughs) I was just 13. What could a 13-year-old kid do? Well, today they do stuff, but back then we didn't do a lot of stuff. Back then we just ran around, we were all dirty, went home. Sometimes we injured ourselves, went home to mom, and she would fix it. That was all we did. Hey, come back, mom, leave me alone. I'm going to play with my friends. That was the stuff we did. So we were not living a life of sin. Are you listening to me? We're not terrible. Today, my God, what 13-year-old kids do? Don't even get me started. (laughs) Are you listening to me? Things have changed. And one of the reasons why I need to talk about the activity of demons is because it has actually increased in these last days. Demonic activities have increased. It's at an all-time high. The stuff that we did not know about 20 years ago, we know about today. 
Are you listening to me? 13-year-old kids getting pregnant. Are you listening now? All kinds of things happening today. And the church must not be ignorant. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the schemes or tactics of the devil. But is it not unfortunate that so many in the church are ignorant of the schemes, of the wiles, of the tactics of the devil? And that is the reason why we must bring a message like this so that believers will wake up and understand that there are spirits fighting to have you. Come on now, listen to me. There are spirits fighting to have you. And they will do whatever it takes. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But praise God, he said, I have come that you might have life. Because the thief does not give you life. But Jesus gives you life. I have come that you might have life. And you might have it more abundantly. See, Jesus has come to give you life. And he's come to give you abundant life. Amen. Can someone shout praise the, Lord? praise the Lord? So all kinds of things are happening today. But I'm going to run you through 10 things I need you to know about demons. Number one, they are unclean. Everyone say they are unclean. Yeah. Like I said, this is their nature. There is nothing clean about demons. Number two, they are drawn to death, not to life. They are drawn to what? They are drawn to death, not to life. Notice, these demons drew this man to the cemetery. They are not drawn to life. They did not take him to a shopping mall. They didn't take him to a hotel, to a five-star hotel. They didn't take him to a restaurant. They took him to the cemetery. Where there are dead bodies. So demons are drawn to death. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to what? Destroy. They are not drawn to life. They are drawn to death. That's number two. Thing you need to know about unclean spirits. Number three. They show some physical strength. They do what? They show some physical strength. Notice. The Bible says this man was bound with chains and with ropes, but he broke them off. Now, he did not break off the ropes or the chains in his own human strength. He broke those things off by the strength of the spirit that was in him. Are you listening to me? Do you remember the story of Elijah? How the Bible says he outran the chariot of Ahab. Because he was endowed with power. He was endowed with the glory of God. Just as we are energized. Just as the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And quickens our mortal bodies. Strengthens our mortal bodies. Energizes our mortal bodies. Makes our mortal physical body strong. Gives us ability. That is how demons also give people ability. Physical ability. So this man here 
was not breaking off the chains and the ropes by his own physical strength. He was breaking off the ropes and the chains by the strength of the Spirit. Are you listening to me? So demons show some level of strength. Are you listening to me? I remember I was a young believer when we, I was first involved, my first involvement in casting out a demon. Now, I was just saved. I was 15 years at a time. I was, about, I was 15 years at a time. And so my Sunday school teacher and a few other people with the pastor of the church wanted to uh, cast the spirit out of a lady who was in the choir. <laughs> I wanted to say that so that you listen. Because, you know, they said when the devil fell, he fell into the choir. <laughs> the lady was in the choir. But she was demon-possessed. So as they were about to deal with this situation, they told me, a 15-year-old kid, to grab her legs. Because they were expecting that when they begin to deal with this spirit, there's going to be some manifestation, physical manifestation. And it happened so. But at 15, I was strong. I grabbed her legs so that she would not be throwing her legs all over the place. I held her legs. And the Sunday school teacher and other, you know, more mature believers at the time, I was just new in the faith, you know. They were, come out of her. Come out of her. Come out of her. And she was, she was so strong, it took me and a few other people to pin her down. You know? Now, that's another story. Don't, like, don't, don't get me started with that. Like, that's another story. But, but we had to pin the lady down. And then they asked her, like Jesus asked this demon, what is your name? They asked the lady, in actual fact, they asked the demon, what is your name? Now, I'm not in the business of asking demons what their names are. It happened one time in this story with Jesus and this legion. But look, there's no need to ask them what their names are because they know how to lie, you see. What is your name? They asked this lady. Now, of course, it's the demon speaking, supposedly. And the demon said, gave his, gave his name. I think it's a woman, woman demon, I don't know. Female or male? <laughs> <laughs> The name sound, sounded like a, like a lady's name. But spirits, of course, have no sex. They have no gender. Correct? That's why Jesus said in heaven, they'll be like angels that don't get married. Correct? But anyway, she, the demon spoke. What I was a demon that spoke. Look, I was just 15. I had no clue. All I, all I did was grab her legs. And the demon said, my name is, give the name, don't worry, I won't give the name. My, <laughs> my name is and told us her name, right? Or his name, if he was a man or a woman, but a spirit. Demons don't have gender, right? Next question, where are you from? Who cares? Just cast the demon out. You know what I'm saying? Just tell the devil, shut up and come out in Jesus' name. Where are you from? The demon said, from China. 
<laughs> it's funny, you know. The demon came all the way from China without a passport, without a visa. Did not even get on the plane. Left the East. Left Asia to come to Nigeria. Just like that. We don't have to bother about the name. Just tell the devil to come out in the name of Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen. But what I'm trying to stress is the physical strength the lady displayed. I mean, it was amazing. But praise God, we were able to hold that down. You remember the story? Remember the story when Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John? And the Bible says he was transfigured before them. Right? So Peter, James, and John were experiencing this amazing glory of God on the mount. But down in the valley, the rest of the disciples were dealing with a demonic situation. Correct? When Jesus came down from the mountain with the three boys, or three men, the father of the kid came to Jesus and said, I brought my son to you. And your disciples couldn't help me. Right? And the man went further to tell Jesus that when this spirit comes upon him or this spirit begins to manifest, the spirit would throw the boy into the water or into the fire. For what purpose? To kill him. To hurt him. Evil spirits hate God's creation. They don't come to drink tea and coffee with you. They come to hurt you. And so Jesus said, bring the boy to me. Correct? I want to bring the boy to me. And Jesus told the demon to come out. In actual fact, he said, thou deaf and dumb spirit. Oh, you see that? Thou deaf and dumb spirit. When we deal with demonic spirits, we need... The ability to discern. Are you listening to me? Thou deaf and dumb spirit. It's also referred to as a lunatic spirit. Come out of the boy. And when Jesus told the spirit to come out of the boy, guess what happened? The Bible says that the spirit threw the boy all over the place. All over the place. And the boy fell to the ground and everyone thought the boy was dead. To show you how violent the spirit was. And Jesus reached out to the young boy, grabbed him, and pulled him up and raised him back up. Can someone say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. So you can see that they exert some level of physical strength. Are you listening to me? Yeah. That's number three. I also remember in Ibadan, Nigeria, this was a number of years ago, preaching... At the river church in Ibadan, Nigeria, I began to lay hands on people just walking in the aisle. Just touch people, lay hands on people. As I was laying hands on people, the moment my hand came upon this young lady, she began to manifest. Didn't know who she was, but I heard afterwards that that was her first time in the church. But as I was walking in the aisle and touching people, laying hands on people, praying, the moment I touched her, she began to manifest. You see, a demon can sit in people 
for years. Until the day they go to a place where the anointing is. Because the anointing makes it very uncomfortable for them. Are you listening to me? That is why when Jesus walks into the synagogues or walks into the temples, those that were possessed began to manifest. So this lady began to manifest and, I mean, it was so violent, I had to literally grab her down with the help of about two ushers. Because you also don't want people to hurt themselves. Because that is the intention of the devil, to hurt them. If he does not succeed in killing them, he, he will try to succeed in, in maiming them, in hurting them. Maybe they lose a tooth in the process. Are you listening to me? Maybe they lose an eye in the process. I'm telling you. Something gets dislocated in the process. So we had to pin this young lady down. And as we pinned her down, I was telling the devil to come out of her. Cut a long story short. The devil came out of her. The lady got saved that day. And I heard afterwards that she was there for the very first time. Never came to the church. And she was a Muslim girl. See, demons don't respect you because you are religious. You can be a Christian. You can sing in the choir. They don't respect you because you are in the choir. They don't respect you because you are a preacher. Are you listening to me? You can be the most religious person on earth. They have no respect because of how religious you are. They'll mess you up. And they're messing people up in these last days. Are you listening to me? And we must not allow them mess people up. Because we have the solution to humanity. I said we have the solution. And the solution is the name of Jesus. I said the solution is the name of Jesus. The fourth thing you need to know about unclean spirits. They hate man. With an extreme passion. They hate men with an extreme passion. Listen to me. Unclean spirits hate you. They don't love you. They hate you with an extreme passion. Why? Because you are God's ultimate creation. And they know that if they hurt you. They hurt God. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much God cares for you? Do you know how important you are? Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Listen, he said, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, there is nothing on earth that compares to a soul. That is how valuable you are. And you've got to learn to think like this. Some people think that they are worms. Some people think that they are not good enough. No, you've got to learn to think like God wants you to think. You are valuable. If you are not valuable, Jesus would not have come. He did not come for the dogs. He did not come for cats. He came for you. Can someone say amen? Amen. You are God's creation. You were made in the image and the likeness of God. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. Who did he give his only begotten son for? For us. Can someone say amen? amen. Very important. So demons, unclean spirits, hate men with an extreme passion. Therefore, they will do whatever it takes to hurt you physically. They'll do whatever it takes to mess up your life. I'm telling you. I remember preaching in the river church in Warsaw, Poland. A number of years ago. <coughs> and you know like I said. When the anointing is in a place. Demons cannot. Stay there comfortably. But also it's important to understand. That there are different levels of the anointing. Correct? There are different levels of the anointing. The Bible says Jesus was anointed without measure. So there are different Levels, or we can say there are intensities of the presence of God. Do you understand what I mean by that? There are intensities of the presence of God. And, and how to increase the intensity of the presence of God upon your life is by spending quality time with God. Mm. Because the more you spend time with a person, the more you behave like them. The more you spend time with a person, the more their attributes rub off on you. Have you discovered that for those of you who are raising children, that, that your kids begin to speak like you? Have you discovered that they, they talk like you, they act like you, they do things like you? Is that correct? Why? Because the one who spends time with God carries the presence of God. The reason why a lot of Christians are deficient of the manifest presence of God is because they don't care about spending quality time with God privately. The only time they experience the presence of God is when they come to church. But on your own. What is the quality of your fellowship with God? How many of you have best friends? You would say, that's my best friend. You get to the point where you begin to think like a best friend. Is that correct? You get to the point where when you and your best friend are sitting in a company of other people, you don't have to say words to communicate with him. You give him a sign and he understands. Why? You're best friends and you become so conversant with one another. When you spend quality time with God, you carry the presence of God. And whenever you come into a place, the atmosphere of the place changes. Amen. Can someone say praise God? Praise God. This is important. So I was preaching in, in, in the church. And here comes a lady. First time in the church. First time. Because I know the river and water have the presence of God. So I need, to, I need to emphasize that it was her first time there. Because I believe as I was going, they had publicized the meeting and they've invited people. So this lady came. Pretty white girl. I say that for a reason. Because of what I'm about to say. Pretty white girl. Young girl sitting in the, in the service. Sitting right there. And I just kept preaching. Kept preaching. Kept preaching. And then I did uh, something similar to what I had done in Ibadan, Nigeria. 
I walked in the aisle. In the middle of my message, I stopped. I mean, you can sense that it is time to do something different when you're ministering. Don't be stuck to your note. At some point, the Lord will say, stop preaching, go pray for people. And that's what I did. Stopped preaching, just went in the crowd, began to lay hands on people and pray. Began to pray, began to pray. And I came back to the pulpit and I continued preaching. You know, that, that obedience to God caused an intensity of the presence. Because people want the presence of God, but they are not obedient to God. When God tells you to stop, do this, you do it. And every time you obey God, there is a reward. Amen. <laughs> Guess what happened next? I began to preach at a whole new level. The anointing in the room intensified. The atmosphere was charged. And this beautiful white girl began to manifest. She began to manifest. Look at what she did to me. I was preaching, preaching away. She did this to me. <laughs> Pretty white girl sitting in the church. People are getting touched. People are getting blessed. What she did to show me there is a spirit that does not like me. That does not like the presence of God. That does not like revival. That does not like what we're doing. And this spirit has been sitting in her. But when the glory of God intensified, the spirit could not sit there comfortably. The spirit must manifest. And the way the spirit was going to show me he was in the church was... I kid you not. Look at my face. I'm, I can't even do what she did. But this is the best I can do. Like, mm, mm, pretty white girl. That's why I told you she's a pretty white girl. Pretty white girls don't come to church to do that. There must be something in her. Are you listening to me? Devils don't like you. You can be the prettiest thing on the planet. <laughs> you can be the most handsome, well-dressed guy. And all of this thing you're putting on on the outside is a cover. And the day that demon will manifest, people will be shocked. Yeah. What? Is that what you've been carrying? They don't love you. Tell someone they don't love you. They, love you. they hate you with a passion. Come on, say they hate you with a passion. With a passion. Because, you are God's creation. because you are God's creation. Can someone say praise the Lord? Praise <laughs> Number five. They recognize that the power of God is greater than theirs. They recognize. Notice what the demon said to Jesus. Have you come to torment us before the time? Is that correct? Have you, come to, have you come to torment us? So they recognize that the power of God is greater than theirs. Now, they have some power. Are you listening to me? I'm not in this, this whole thing where people say, oh, the devil has no power. No, the devil's got some power. The devil has some power, but the devil has power over those who yield to him. So they recognize that the power of God is greater than their power. You see, when... The power of God comes in contact with demonic powers. 
One will give way. And I guarantee you, it's not going to be the power of God. I said it's not going to be the power of God. Every time the power of God comes in contact with demonic powers, demonic powers will bow. Can someone say praise God? So they recognize that the power of God is greater than their power. Number six, they are intelligent beings. Oh, people think demons are stupid. No, demons are not stupid. They are intelligent beings. Notice they were pleading with Jesus. They were actually negotiating with Jesus. Send us into the swine. Don't send... Now, that will lead me to my next point. Don't send us out of the country. Send us into the swine. Do you know why they wanted to stay in that country? Because evil spirits are territorial. That's, that's the next point. Right? Number seven, right? Evil spirits are territorial. They're what? They are territorial. Now, the reason they are territorial is because there are places, uh, villages, cities, uh, nations, and homes that accommodate them. Did you hear what I just said? There are villages, there are cities, there are nations, there are even people's homes where demons feel comfortable. And the reason why they feel comfortable staying in those places is because of the things that people do. Wherever sin, listen to what I'm about to say, wherever sin runs rampant, demons gain access. Somebody needs to write that down. Wherever sin runs rampant, demons gain access. And they would not want to leave a place like that because a place like that feeds them. It does what? Feeds them. Notice they said to Jesus, don't send us out of this country. We want to do everything we can to stay in this country. Please. I know you've got power over us. But just let us stay here because the people in this place accommodates us well. We have been welcomed in this place. We don't want to leave. So they want to maintain their what? Territory. They want to maintain their domain. Mm. You remember when uh, Philip went to Samaria and he preached Christ unto them? Philip the evangelist. The Bible said the whole city gave heed to the things that Philip spoke or spake. They were hearing and they were seeing the miracles that he continually performed. But in that place, there was a man named, pardon? Simon. Simon was there. The Bible says Simon had bewitched the entire area with his magic. Correct? So you understand that Simon was the, was the one in control of that territory. But of course, Simon was the medium through which the spirits dominated that place. Because you see, somebody needs to yield himself to a spirit to take control. Just as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit to flow through us, what are we? We are vessels. That's all we are. 
There is nothing that happens in the ministry that we take glory for. It's not you that's doing the work. Jesus said, I'm not the one that does the work. It's my Father in heaven. He said, I, I do nothing except what I first see my Father do. Is that correct? Yeah. So you are not the one doing the works. It is the Lord that's doing the works through you. That's how it works in the demonic. Just as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, and we see the Holy Spirit move mightily through us to set people free, to deliver homes, to deliver cities and nations, that is how when people yield themselves to these unclean spirits, these unclean spirits will move through them to dominate that area. Say to me, they are territorial spirits. And there are things that people do to give them access into the territory. And I don't have time and I'm not going to give you an elaborate list. But I'll give you a couple of lists. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. When people practice witchcraft, they give demons uh, right over that home. They give demons right over their city. They give demons right over their family. They give demons right over their territory. Witchcraft is one of the major entry point. Number two, sexual sin. Now, any kind of sexual sin, especially perversion. So many that are into homosexual lifestyle will tell you, if you would interview them and talk with them, that the perversion started or happened the day they were raped. Listen to me now. When you interview, they'll tell you that it, it started the day they were sexually molested or raped. And it perverted the way they think. Because in the process, a demon was released. And that demon will take advantage of that life until the anointing comes. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? Yes. So sexual sin. See... That is the reason, to be honest, I learned this from Pastor Hamdi. And I, I give him credit for that. Because I learned this from Pastor Hamdi. He, there was a day he made a comment years ago. He said, whenever I rent an apartment, I first cleanse it before I move in. I, there are things I don't forget. I heard it, I picked it. And I apply it whenever I move into an apartment, before I begin to live in it. Before I even move into it. I Cleanse it with the blood of Jesus. You've heard me say that many times, right? When I travel and I move into a hotel, before I sit down or lay down, I first cleanse the hotel with the blood of Jesus. Because you do not know what happened there before you moved in. You have no idea. So when I heard it, I picked it. And that is what I've practiced for many, many years. I travel, they say, oh, it's a nice hotel, you move in. No, before you lay down, even when I got to the U.S., Chicago, the moment I stepped off the plane, guess what I said? I take dominion over this place. Amen. No demon would dominate, because there are spirits in territories. Amen. The Bible says, what did God say to Joshua? Wherever the sole of your feet shall tread upon, what, what will I do? I give unto you as your inheritance. In other words, you will dominate that place. So I fly into a place, the moment I get off the plane and I put my feet in the, in the land, I say in the name of Jesus Christ, I am in absolute dominion. I am in absolute authority. 
whatever the devil has been doing in this nation or in this city will never affect me. If I'm here for a week, I'm in dominion for a week. And I, listen, listen, when I'm done, I can fly out and if they want to do whatever they want to do, they can go do because based on what people do. But I'm not going to give them room into my life. Can someone say amen? amen? I check into a hotel, I cleanse it with the blood. Amen. I want you to learn this. Because you move into an apartment and you can't sleep. Because you don't know what the previous tenant had done. Pastor Priscilla and I, we were sent by Pastor Corey years ago to go pray for a lady in Kutulush. Because she couldn't sleep at night. And we went into the place. Up there was a charm. Juju. <laughs> the previous tenant had placed it there for whatever reason. And when they moved out and traveled out of the country, they left it there. This lady did not know there was something up there in the, in the living room. They have this thing up in the living room and they stuck it up there. Dirty, filthy looking stuff. And the lady did not know what was there. But every time she went to bed, she was tormented. What's going on? So she told Pastor Priscilla. Pastor Gory said to me and Pastor Priscilla, go to our house and deal with it. So the lady was cleaning when she looked up and she saw the thing. And she was so afraid to touch it. So... They send Holy Ghost Rumble. <laughs> are you listening to me? You are Holy Ghost Rumble. Can someone say amen? I say you are Holy Ghost Rumble. Praise God. So we went there, cleansed the house. Now when you cleanse a house like this, you cleanse a house like this with the blood of Jesus, but you must get rid of the object. See, there is an object that gives access to the demons. And we got rid of the object, threw it out on the streets. Pastor Corey told us the story too. He said, remember coming from the U.S. to Ankara. And he said he moved into this apartment and he was tormented. And he, I, he was a born again Christian, but tormented. What's going on? And he, you know, he began to pray. Lord, what's happening? What's happening here? It was a new experience. While he was praying, the Holy Ghost showed him something. A pin stuck to the door. Everyone say a pin stuck to the door. Someone had nailed it to the door. It was a charm. Juju. Yeah. Someone had nailed it to the door. And when that is there, no matter who you are, Demons still have access because it's like a contract. Is that correct? Somebody needs to nullify this contract. So as he prayed, the Lord showed him, he pulled it out. He told the story here. He pulled it out and he began to sleep peacefully. My dear friend, what has given access to devils in your life, to, in your homes? What is it? So they, they are territorial. Everyone say they are territorial. Yes. What number is that? Seven. Number seven. Number eight. They fear. They fear. That's why they also want to torment people with fear. They fear. They fear the presence of God. 
the fear, the anointing. That is why demons are most comfortable in the religious church. They are never comfortable in a church that preaches the truth. They are never comfortable in a church that calls sin out. They are never comfortable in a church that's in revival. They are never comfortable in a church that preaches grace. They are comfortable in a religious church. But when God's presence is in a place, demons fear. Number eight, right? Watch this. Number eight, they don't want to ever, nine, sorry. They don't want to ever leave when they take hold of someone. You know what they would do not to leave? They will invite their friends. That's what they did to this man. This one demon was the, was the, the first into this man's life. Correct? In our text. But what did they do? What did he do? Invited more. See, there is such unity in the demonic realm that a lot of Christians do not understand. I've heard people say uh, the kingdom of darkness is so disorganized. That's not true. In actual fact, Jesus said the kingdom of darkness is so organized. Remember when they said you cast out devils by Beelzebub? He said if Satan casts out Satan, his kingdom is destroyed. In other words, no, it doesn't happen that way. In the kingdom of darkness, they are well organized. Are you listening to me? The deception is people think, oh, uh, if I have a problem, demonic problem, I go to this witch doctor to help me solve that problem. But the witch doctor you go to cannot solve that problem. The witch doctor you go to adds to the problem. <laughs> Satan cannot cast out Satan. People want to find out what is behind it. What is behind your condition? What is behind your problem? What is behind the sickness? Let me tell you what is behind the sickness. is the devil. You don't need to go to a witch doctor to find out. It's the devil. And a witch doctor does not bring you solution. Rather, he compounds the problem. Fortune tellers. Tell us what happened in 1960. <laughs> Mediums. Notice when Saul went to the medium of Endor, the witch of Endor. That was the day he was judged. That was the day his, the judgment of death came upon him. You know, the Bible said the reason he died was because he sought answer from a witch. That's what the Bible said. Yeah, he was disobedient. But the Bible says he died because he sought answer from a witch. Is it not interesting that people believe more in wizards and witches than they believe in the Holy Ghost? And when the supernatural takes place, they, they, they say, oh, it's the devil. As if the devil does everything. No, the Holy Ghost has no power. The Holy Ghost has no wisdom. The Holy Ghost does not know nothing. The Holy Ghost does nothing. No, the Holy Ghost knows all things. I said the Holy Ghost knows all things. Amen. Can someone shout praise God? Praise God. <laughs> so Satan cannot cast out Satan. And this, his kingdom is well organized. Ephesians 6, verse number 10. Right? Finally, my brethren, put on the whole armor of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Correct? Yes. 
But against what? Principality. Powers. Rulers of the darkness of this age. And spiritual wickedness in high places. If you understand the composition of the kingdom of darkness. Principality. Powers. Rulers of the darkness of this age. And spiritual wickedness in high places. They are well organized. They are more organized than some Christians. <laughs> they work together better than some Christians do, than some churches do. That is why some churches can't deal with them. Because in a place where there is disunity, where there is strife, there is all forms of wickedness. But in the kingdom of darkness, there is unity. Number 10. The, I, I said 9. Right? I said nine. Number ten, they need humans to manifest themselves on earth. Are you listening to me? They need who? They need humans to manifest themselves on earth better. But you see, if they can't get a human, they would like to get a, uh, an animal. That's a fact. You see, they said to Jesus, uh, don't cast us out of this place. Cast us into the pigs. Because they always want to express themselves. They operate as spirits, yes. But they need human bodies, human instruments to display themselves well. What do we do? <coughs> Be born again. I said, what do we do? be born again. You cannot deal with demons until you're born again. That's a fact. You can't even begin to deal with them until you are saved. That's what you do. If you're not born again, don't try. I remember going to cast a demon out of a young man and as I was about to cast the devil out, I told his roommates, if any of you here is not saved, get saved now or else the demon will come into you. <laughs> Guess what happened? Lord Jesus, come in. <laughs> they all give their lives to Jesus. That's the quickest way to get people saved, I believe. Get born again. Amen. Number two, how do you deal with them? Understand your God-given position. Ephesians 2, Bible says that God has, you've been raised up together with Christ. You've been made to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. Number three, how do you deal with them? Understand your God-given authority. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and upon scorpions and all the works of the devil and none of them shall hurt you. Number four, how do you deal with them? Use the name of Jesus. The Bible says God has highly exalted him and has given him what? A name. Everyone say a name. Amen. That's above every other name. That the mention of the name Jesus Every knee would bow. Of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things beneath the earth. Right? And every tongue will confess to the glory of the Father that Jesus is Lord. So, use the name of Jesus. Number five, how do you deal with them? Live a pure life. Uncleanness attracts de demons. Purity repels them. Let me say that again. Uncleanness attracts devils. Purity repels them. If you go around meddling with sin, you will open the door to unclean spirits. 
see, I'll finish with this. This is, this is an aspect that so many people don't want to talk about again. They don't want to talk about sin. They don't want to talk about, you know, living right, living pure. But we need to. We need to. The devil is going all over the place yeah. trying to mess people's lives up. And we cannot be quiet and ignorant of what the devil is doing. The Bible says that he walks like a roaring lion, looking for whom to destroy. And I'm sure that the ones he is looking to destroy are Christian. I am certain. You know why I'm sure? Because he's got unbelievers already. The unbelievers are already under the thumb of the devil. He's walking around looking for whom to devour. Means that he's walking around looking for Christians to destroy. And the enemy would gain access into your life when you open the door. Shut every door. If you're not born again, be born again. If you're born again, live right. If you're born again, do what? <coughs> live right. Is it possible? Is it possible to live right? Is it possible to serve God? Is it possible that in this in this generation, to serve God. Is it possible that when sin runs rampant in our society, we can live right? Is it possible? The Bible says, where sin abound, grace super abound. Oh, but Pastor God, you don't understand, my friends. You don't understand. Yeah, if your friends are leading you into a life of sin, break away from them. You don't understand the country we're living in. You don't understand the city. Listen, listen. Where sin abounds, grace. Everyone say grace. Grace, grace abounds much more. Yes. We are bombarded daily. The TV, the internet, billboards. We are bombarded daily. The people around us, the things we see, we are bombarded daily. But where sin abounds, grace superabounds. There's pressure, peer pressure, societal pressure. But where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? How shall we who have died to sin live therein any longer? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? He says, should I take the temple of God and make it a temple for prostitutes? There is grace. Amen. I said there is grace. Amen. Lift your hands.